0: This is Gail. Welcome to Part of the Whole, a personal journal dedicated to discovery of your authentic self. I talk about embracing your wholeness, the beautiful and ugly parts alike to define you for you. And today, a reflection on what I've learned about trusting yourself after unsuccessful attempts at love. So I am home today. It is Saturday afternoon. This episode is set to come out today. I came up with the concept maybe two weeks ago, but stepped away from it because I was in a very vulnerable, raw emotional state, and I decided to kind of give myself some space to really process and think before I put my thoughts and feelings, not even just onto paper, but out into the world. But now I feel ready to record and send it on. Not going to lie, um, I sat down to record this yesterday and I did six or seven takes. I recorded the whole thing, but just wasn't satisfied. So here we go. Let's see this eighth take. Let's see if this is gonna be the one that kinda takes. So just to start, I swiped right when I should have swiped left. A dozen times, hundreds of times, and I mean this literally and figuratively. The best of times are men who, despite us not working out romantically, I have friendships with to this day. You can end a relationship amicably. The worst of times are men who have knowingly and intentionally took advantage, crossed boundaries, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. I once had a relationship with a sociopath that I go into detail. And on a podcast I recorded about like horrible dating and it was a wild three months. I can't say that I am the victim in these things because I've also had times or there's probably a lot of guys out there who feel like they should have swiped left on me. (laughs) Um, But that's just kind of the the nature of relationships, especially in this day and age. But since the pandemic... I slowed down on swiping right and left on apps and in real life, almost completely. I say almost because here and there, I'll jump on for a couple of days just to see what's out there. But for the most part, I've just kind of stopped dating and thinking about it and putting it in the forefront of my mind, even though it's a very real desire of mine to have a partner. And so now we're approaching the all-important Valentine's Day. And as much as I hate to admit it, I am 37 after all. I'm looking around at my options and lack thereof, and I wonder if I am making the right moves in love and relationships. Should I get back on the apps? Should I put myself out there? Should I do more than just entertain crushes? Like, what should I do? What are the next steps to take? Because it is something that I want for myself. I've noticed recently that when I do have a crush, and all the familiar flowery feelings come up that used to bring me joy and excitement. They're uncomfortable now. I came to realize the discomfort comes from not trusting myself anymore. Not trusting myself to make the right decisions in relationships. I'm going to share why that is and what I've learned about getting back to trust. Because let's face it, your relationships are a large part of who you are, a large part of your whole So let's just go back and kind of look at this practically. There are several external factors that affect your internal dialogue with love and relationships. Looking at the facts, external as in statistics. And they're grim. Black Americans are statistically the least married group of all, and Black American women in particular. This is not just from, you know, our YouTube gurus. Um, This is straight from the Pew Research Center. I decided I wanted to just fact check because there's a lot of propaganda out there these days, but it is in fact true. Same for divorce. Divorce is up across all ethnic groups. Especially after the pandemic. External as in social media. Social media has made relationships um, challenging. And what comes to mind is the Derek Jackson um debacle that happened maybe last year. And I say that comes to mind because when you're watching um such a public relationship kind of crumble in front of your eyes, it does affect um how you internally view things. Let me go back. So Derek Jackson is a Christian YouTube slash Facebook relationship guru who was caught cheating on his wife. Um And it was particularly ironic because he had set himself up as a person who bashed men who cheat, like really went at them hard. And all along he was doing the same thing. If that wasn't enough, when he came like forward, he also brought his wife along with him to explain the situation, and she he had her on YouTube, like looking completely downtrodden and battered you know defending him and defending her choice to stay with him and how they had moved past it and then the dialogue around it just was so divided like she should stay she should go she's a christian woman she needs to stand by her man he has forgiven her or rather she has forgiven him son none of our business but then they put their business out there and then it's like okay What would I do in that situation? What would you do in that situation? And of course, we hope that we would never get to that point. But can we really judge them for the choices they make in their relationship? And this kind of brings me to another point. Um, Not only are there the external factors like your the statistics and what you see online, it's just your real life examples as well. And in my own life. I have examples of all types of relationships around me. People who are married, divorced, interracial relationships, same sex, long term, short term, people with kids and with no kids who are co-parenting. I know people, younger people in relationships, older people in relationships, all shapes, all sizes and all types. The point I'm getting to bringing that up is the one thing I know for sure about relationships is that it is not an external thing despite all the external pressures, it is internal. An outsider cannot fully know or understand the internal dynamics of a relationship. Only the people who are in it know what's going on. And therein lies my particular barrier to fully trusting. How can I trust myself when I have minimal experience? When the experience I do have is short-term, how do I trust myself to Make it to a long-term. So I'll tell you kind of the approach that I've took. Even though um, I, being who I am, have been single for a while, I've tried relentlessly to work out who I want to show up as in a relationship, like on my own, in my single life. So I've studied lots of different things. The first thing that comes to mind is your attachment style and attachment style, um, and I actually... I'm really, really dedicated to this particular um, theory. It's very important. Your attachment style is characterized by the different ways of interacting and behaving in relationships. And it comes from, well, it's formed in your childhood. Um, There's four types, anxious, avoidant, disorganized, and secure. Secure is what you strive for. Um, So even though you might have an insecure attachment, you can become secure. Now, I'm not going to go into this because I'm not here to teach about attachment style, but I can say that studying and learning that and figuring out my own style and how I can get to a secure style has made me do better in dating. Come to think of it, probably why I'm no longer like entertaining people. (laughs) But anyway, so love language is another thing that, you know, I've looked into. This is a very popular book by Gary Chapman, and basically your love language is A description for different ways a person gives and best receives love. Um, This is, you know, this is an acceptance thing. Like men, a lot lot of men always say physical touch. That's how they receive love. Well, if you're not a touchy-feely person, but you want to show the person you're with that you love them, you're going to have to kind of like bend that and go towards personal touch. Um, I know this one couple And they always, um, when they're talking and whatnot, they kind of bring up their love language. Um, I know that the, the male in the relationship, he is always talking about words of affirmation as his, and he acknowledges his wife when she does give him words of affirmation. I think that's really beautiful. And I would love to get to that point. Um, I've read books on love, um, the road less travel, which I mentioned. And, um, I really love that book. Um, I've attended YouTube university, (laughs) especially for like dating channels and whatnot, both from men and from women. Um, you look to the Bible. I've looked to the Bible. You look to your faith when it comes to trying to understand love and work it out in your head and your heart. Um, Corinthians 13 comes to mind, um, describes love as patient, kind, long suffering, I've talked to people about marriages and what theirs looks like and is there an alternative to marriage. Um, I've even looked <laughs> at my astrology, um, knowing your Venus sign specifically is, you know, appear into what your love style might be or how you define love and what you look like or look for in relationships. So I've done all of these things, kind of was a little bit obsessed over it. And after all that studying, I kind of use the knowledge to figure out what it will practically look in my life. You know, I settled on a definition of love that fits my needs. I believe it's the will to extend oneself for the spiritual growth of another. Um, I believe love is about expansion. It's about growth, continuous growth um, in a direction that is mutually beneficial. I know my relationship values. As a person who has my attachment style, um, I really, really need consistency, reliable behavior, also quick to notice or quick to try to be aware of what another person values. Um, Work-life balance is also very important to me. I know I can't be with somebody who's about on some sleep when I'm dead hustle culture type thing. Um, So those are some things that I look for. And I can say that really holding fast to those values and setting those boundaries, you kind of filter out a lot of people who aren't about that early on. But perhaps I've studied too much. Perhaps I've gone overboard with the analysis. (laughs) But I do trust the theory that I have, the theory around love that I have fully. The practice, not so much. So how do I get to that? It's kind of like, fuck, like all this work and I still don't fully trust myself to make the best decisions in relationships. After taking these two weeks to kind of think, I realized the most important lesson in trusting yourself in love after unsuccessful attempts is putting the theory into practice. Specifically, this comes from Kant. Theory without practice is empty. Practice without theory is blind. You can't trust yourself fully without actually practicing it. I'm convinced that the relationship you have with yourself is the most important thing you can do to prepare yourself for a relationship with another. Be honest about who you are. Keep your promises to yourself. With that being said, look at yourself with a critical eye. Are you living those values that you have? Like for me, One value I have is communication, but I tend not to communicate how I feel with someone I'm interested in. It's because I have a fear of rejection, a fear of abandonment, all those lovely things. I'm worried that if I open myself up and, you know, try to communicate how I feel, it will spin me back into the worst of times if it doesn't go the way I want. But there's no way to avoid heartbreak and disappointment. The only thing you can do is prepare to deal with it when it comes, if it comes, and try to live in the moment. So is this a good enough a conclusion? <laughs> Cause I'm at the end of the episode and I really don't feel satisfied. Um, I worry that it's not, and I feel like sometimes there when you're journaling and sharing, there is no real conclusion. Especially in like heart matters. Some things are just a mystery. So until next time, remember that life doesn't have to be perfect to be wonderful. Embrace each part of your whole.